before I, I go on with the, the message that the Lord would have us uh, here this morning, I'd like to read this uh, few verses here from the book of John 15. John chapter 15, if you have your Bibles with you, please open it with me. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not there, say you have mercy. <laughs> okay, we'll wait. Amen. Okay, I will read from New King James Version. It says here, 15 verse 4 and verse 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. My dear friends, if you read through the next two verses, the word abide is repeated seven times. And friends, if a word is repeated two times, what does that mean? It's important. When it's repeated seven times, what do you think that means? Some people say it's perfectly important. And if you have a Bible that has red letters in it, like mine, you'll see it's written in red. What does that mean? Jesus spoke these words. And friends, if Jesus spoke these words and he repeated seven times the emphasis on the word abide, he's trying to get our attention. It is perfectly important, especially when Jesus is bringing it. And another beautiful thought here that I'd like to bring about before I... I ask you to pray. The meaning of the word abide, I looked up in a dictionary and I praise God, English is not my first language. So I always click that button define. It says here, abide means to remain as one. But I like the next definition. It says here, to be held, to be kept continually. To be what? No. To be held you are the one who's being held and to be kept continually. And I love the other commentary on Acts of the Apostles, page 552, paragraph 2. It says here, remember that verse in Romans 8, 38 and 39? And I'd like to read this. It says here, Neither life nor death, nor height nor depth, can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And I like the next line, listen. Not because we hold him so firmly, but because he holds us so fast. Can you say amen? amen? My dear friends, our God wants to hold you. And the question is, do we want to be held by him? For those of you who are able to kneel down, please kneel down with me for a word of prayer. Our great God, our dear, loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for giving us this freedom to worship. Thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we could fellowship, not just with one another, but with our heavenly angels and with you. For you have promised, O oh Lord, that where two or three are gathered, that you are in the midst of us. So, Lord, we praise and we thank you that your promise is true and you are here with us right now. So, Lord, we ask that you please give us a sense of your presence. 
And Lord, may each and every thought, may each and every fiber of our being be centered upon you. Teach us, Lord, how to abide in you. We praise you and we thank you, O Lord, because we know that you are a faithful God and you are with us. And Lord, I pray that you please pour upon us a full measure of your spirit. For we ask this in the loving name of your son, Jesus, all your children say, amen. amen. So this morning, I'm here to share with you some things that I've learned in the lesson of abiding. By the way, my dear friends, I'm not the expert when it comes to abiding. I'm still in this in the school, in the school of Christ. And uh, I'd like to share with you what the Lord has, has done in my life. And by the way, I'm a missionary. My name is Jem, and I'm from the Philippines. And when people ask me where I live, I live in the Philippines. I don't live in the U.S., so I still go back and forth. And... Uh, when people know that I'm a missionary, the next question that they ask, so where is your mission field? Actually, that's quite a complicated question for me to answer because I don't have a permanent mission field. And then they ne their next uh, response is, that's quite weird. You are a missionary and you don't have a mission field. And I said, I go where the Lord sends me. I said, tell us, how does that really work? You go where the Lord sends you? And I said to them, when I'm in the Philippines, the Lord brings me to one country after another almost every month. And when I'm in the U.S., the Lord brings me to one state after another almost every week. And they tell me, wow, that's quite an expensive lifestyle. I said, yes, I have a very rich father. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And then they tell me, they ask me the next question. So who's your sponsor? And I said, God is my sponsor. I said, no, 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 we know that God is your sponsor, but tell me who really is your sponsor? I tell them, God is my sponsor. Friends, actually, I was, I was encouraged. I was inspired by the story of one pastor. It was not actually his testimony. It was the testimony of one person, and this person is George Mueller. I think most of you know the name George Mueller, but for those of you who does not know the name George Mueller, he lived in a time where almost nobody around him believed that there is a God who hears and answers prayer. So you know what he did? He dedicated his life to prove to people that there is a God who hears and answers prayer. Friends, this George Mueller has, has an orphanage. And feeding like 200, 100 mouths, it's not easy. And he decided not to accept any salary, any regular stipend. Every time that he needed something, he will bend his knees. He, was, he will ask the Lord. And when the answer comes, the answer comes as a proof that he serves a living God. Amen? Friends, when George Mueller passed away, they reviewed, because every time that God answers his prayer, he journals it. And when he passed away, they had a total of every answer to his prayer. It amounted to 7,250,000 US dollars. Not pesos, but dollars. Yes, that's the first reaction that I had when I heard that. It's like, wow. It's not amen, but wow. Can we say it all together? Wow. And friends, when I discovered the date, when did this happen? It was a bigger wow. It happened in the 1800s. So when you convert that money now, it will amount to more than 100 million US dollars. And then I realized, oh Lord, I have not really taken you seriously. Everything that happened in my life, every result that I have in my life, every product that I had is just the result of my meager effort, not your power. Yeah. 
not by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, then I'll, I'll see if this still works at this age. I will not receive any salary. I will not ask people. I will not even tell people any clue about my need. I will only tell you. And if the answer comes, then it means to say that it comes from you. Friends, the Lord is somehow challenging us. Remember Malachi 3.10. There's two words there. I'm not talking about tithes right now, but there's just two words that really comes out at me. Those words that says, prove me. Amen? In New King James Version, it says, try me. God is somehow testing us, encouraging us to what? To try Him. So I try the Lord. Friends, I tell you, for the past eight years and three months, I have been living without a salary, without a stipend, and the Lord has been bringing me to multiple countries. God is good, amen? Because the moment you see the evidence of God's faithfulness, you cannot get enough. You walk more with Him. And friends, my, my friends ask me, so Jen, how does that really work? How do you go to, to such and such a place without any salary, without, without anything? And I said, I come to the Lord like George Mueller. I bend my knees. Lord, if you want me to go to this mission trip, then you have to provide. And you know what happens? A few hours later, or sometimes a few days later, I will receive a phone call, and the phone call goes like this. Hello, Jen, are you going somewhere else? This is usually a long-distance call, and it's quite weird or sometimes quite creepy sometimes. They don't know where you're going, or they don't know that you have a mission trip, and they, you receive a call from them. And they, will, they asked me, are you going somewhere? And I said, yes. How did you know? I said, because I was fast asleep last night, and the Lord woke me up. And I could not go back to bed until I resolved to give you a call the next morning. So where are you going? So I'll tell them, I'm going to Malaysia or Indonesia, and the person on the other end will say, okay, consider your tickets bought. My dear friend, this did not happen only once or twice. But this has been happening for the past eight years and three months of my life. Because the moment we walk with God, the moment we walk with Him, we take Him at His word, we begin to see that He is a faithful God. And the more we continually walk with Him, you begin to realize that you have a consistently faithful God who does not change. So fast forward. A friend of mine asked me this question. So Jem, until when do you plan to be a missionary? And friends, during that time, all the while, I thought that this was just a series of mission trips. By the way, before I was a photographer, I was a wedding photographer, I was a portrait photographer. Yes, I'm always the photographer and never the groom. So, <laughs> yes, I'm single, but not advertising. <laughs> so, a friend asked me, Jem, I know that your heart is in the missions, but you don't have any any training and I I told my friend you know what yeah if the Lord allows me to be a missionary I want to be a missionary for the rest of my life he said yes that's good but at least you should have an evangelism training and uh, she suggested why not apply in amazing facts and I told her of course I would love to apply in amazing facts because during that year amazing facts opened in the Philippines you know where in front of our house <laughs> And she asked me this question, you're thinking about amazing facts in the Philippines? And she said, of course, it's just in front of our house. So no, 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 amazing facts in the U.S., in Sacramento. And I told her, sister, that's quite impossible. 
And he, she asked, why? By the way, this is not my blood sister. This is my missionary sister. I said, why? I said, sister, it's quite far and it's quite expensive. And the other reason is I don't have a visa. I said, Jem, then apply for one. I told her, it's easy for you to say you're not a Filipino. If you're a Filipino, it's, it's quite impossible. It's like winning a lottery. And for Filipinos like me who does not have a regular job, it's like entering heaven. <laughs> and then she told me, Jem, you have been living by faith for the past two years. Why not go by faith now? I told her, okay, <laughs> let's go by faith. Friends, I said those words, let's go by faith. But faith was absent. Do you catch yourself sometimes in that situation? Huh? At the back of your mind, you say, with God, nothing is impossible. But the back of your mind, you're saying, really? <laughs> or sometimes we're singing the song, I surrender all. Hmm. Aren't we the biggest hypocrites? <laughs> that was a loud amen. <laughs> and friends, I was the chief of those hypocrites. I profess to my friends and my family that I live a life of faith for the past two years walking with God and now faith is needed and faith is one thing that I don't have. But the Lord pushed me to go forward and I asked him, Lord, if you want me to go, then you have to provide the amount of money for the interview. Friends, in the Philippines, you have to pay 160 US dollars just for the interview, pass or fail. If you pass, praise God. If you fail, that's a donation to the US embassy. So I asked the Lord, Lord, if you want me to go, then you have to provide the amount. Friends, the Lord did not just provide 160. The Lord provided more than $200. Good for you. You said, amen. You know what I said? Oh, Lord, this will just go to waste. Because a year before that, a friend of mine impulsively asked me to go and preach to New Zealand. And I applied for a visa. I impulsively applied for a New Zealand visa. I got impulsively denied. And that rejection somehow came to haunt me. And I'm thinking, Lord, that was New Zealand and this is U.S. This is like our ultimate visa. What chance do I got? But since the Lord gave the amount, so I have to move forward. I moved forward by faith. I paid the amount. And friends, something happened. The moment I paid the amount, I had difficulty sleeping. Every time I go to bed, I had nightmares. And friends, I'm the kind of person who does not have difficulty sleeping. Even in airplanes, before the fasten seatbelt sign is, is out, I'm out. And I really praise God for, for making me small because every accommodation is first class accommodation. I have a lot of leg room. And when I travel with American friends, I see them having a hard time, six foot three, and their knees against the back of somebody else's chair. And I look around and say, it's difficult, huh? <laughs> I praise God for that. But friends, I was having difficulty sleeping. And during that, oh, and I remember as well, trains. We have light rail transit in the Philippines, in Manila. It's so packed that you could not fall to the floor. It's just packed. And my friend and I traveled for 45 minutes. Later on, when we got down, he actually woke me up and he said, you were sleeping for the next 45 minutes, standing up. People just go in and out, and he told me, you look like this. <clears throat> and then I discovered, friends, that I have the gift of public sleeping. <laughs> but the moment I paid that amount, the moment 
I gave that 160 US dollars. I could not sleep every night. I had nightmares. And my nightmares is about the US embassy interview. And every time that I dream about that, I always get denied. So I will wake up in the middle of the night, chest pumping. And I'm thinking, Lord, what is happening? And I did not realize that I forgot something until the fifth or sixth or seventh night. I forgot to pray. Friends, I'm involved in the prayer ministry and I forgot to pray. And I realized later on that the Lord put me in the prayer ministry not because I'm the most effective prayer leader, but because I needed prayer. Can you say amen? amen. Friends, the Lord put us in the ministry not because the ministry needs us. Not because the ministry is a blessing. Not because we are a blessing to the ministry. If, if we think that way, friends, the ministry is a blessing to us. The church is a blessing to us. Amen? So I, I remember kneeling down and crying to the Lord. said, Lord, please help me. I don't know what to do. And friends, I, I learned right now that that is the best prayer that we can pray. And we don't know what to do. Because you know what? Most of the time, we know what to do. And when we know what to do, when we are so full of ideas, we will not be desperate before the presence of God. When we know what to do, we will not have a need of Him. But when we realize that all our ideas are nothing, friends, we begin to realize that we need Him every step of the way. That abiding has a huge meaning. So the moment the Lord somehow put that in my heart, when I was asking Him that evening, the Lord somehow convicted me. Look back on what I have done to you in the past. Open your passport. Friends, when I opened my passport, I saw that my passport was halfway stamped. For the past two years that I've been traveling with God, the Lord has brought me to these countries. And the Lord asked me this question, who provided for that fare? Who made the trip possible? And I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I forgot it was all you. And when I realized that, I said to the Lord, Lord, I surrender this to you. I lay everything to you. The moment I prayed that prayer, I slept like a baby. And I snored like a bore. So fast forward, fast forward now. Interview. I, I came physically prepared. I want to look like a missionary, so I wore my long sleeves, I wore my tie, of course. I did not wear my jacket, it's too hot in the Philippines. So I was lining up, and friends, the moment I sat down, waiting for my number, the moment I sat down, I could not breathe. And I'm thinking, what is happening? It's like all my insides are trying to come out, and my heart is just like pumping out of my chest. And I, I've watched too many cartoons before, and I was imagining that my heart is literally jumping out of my chest. So I kept on looking down. And I'm thinking, Lord, what is happening? I did not even know, friends, that I was having panic attack. That happened for the first time. And I was thinking, Lord, I should not be in this condition. Just imagine being interviewed. What is your name? My name is Jem Castro. And then you fall to the ground and die? That's not a good picture. You will get denied right there and then. So. I said to the Lord, Lord, help me out here. And I needed a place to pray. When I looked around the U.S. Embassy, it was filled up. And the Lord gave me this thought, toilet. I run to the toilet, friends, and praise God, a toilet, the American empty toilet is clean. Closed down the toilet, it closed the cubicle, knelt down and prayed. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I, desperate, I desperately need you here. 
I needed that peace that you have given me that night. You know what, friends? This is one amazing thing. If we seek God with all of our hearts, any place in this world will be transformed into a prayer room. The moment I said that prayer, the Lord gave me peace that passeth understanding. And now I stood up. I got out of that cubicle, changed man. Now I stood up in front of, of the immigration officer, the consul, U.S. consul. And then he asked me the question, Mr. Castor? And then he said, I, I said to him, yes, sir. So the, the first question, how much is your monthly income? And thinking, oh, I'm dead. First question, monthly income, right? And I don't have a monthly income. And the Lord compelled my heart, be honest. You're a missionary, you're not supposed to lie. So I told him, I'm sorry, sir, but I don't have any monthly income. And then he asked me, why is that? I'm a missionary volunteer, sir, so I don't get paid for my work. Then how do you live? I live by faith, sir. <laughs> he did not laugh. He was quite serious. He was actually annoyed because he thought that I was making a joke. And he said, I live by faith too, but tell me how do you really live? How do you buy your food? How do you buy your clothes? And I told him, the Lord provides, sir, which is true. And friends, he, he asked me so much more questions and he opened my passport. And by the way, friends, the only document that I brought was my passport. When he opened my passport, he looked at the stamps and said, if you're not paid for your work, how come you travel so much? And I told him, sir, I work in the prayer ministry and the Lord uses other people to pay for my fare. I said, okay, but how about your hotel? How about your food? How do you survive outside of the Philippines without receiving any salary? And I said, sir, I live in the homes of those people who invites me and they feed me, which is true. John and Natalie has been feeding me well. <laughs> so so he, was, he was asking me a lot of questions just to point out if I was lying or not. And then he came up with this difficult question. He asked me, how about emergencies? Do you encounter emergencies? And I told him, yes, sir, emergencies are unavoidable. So how are you able to pay for emergencies? And I told him, sir, the Lord is faithful that the Lord provides the right amount of money for the right amount of emergency. <laughs> and then he said, okay, so you receive money for emergency? Is that what you're saying? And I said, yes, sir, God is faithful. Then you just lied to me. And then I was just shocked. Said, how come, sir? He said, because a while ago, you're telling me that you don't receive any amount of money for your work. And now you're telling me that you receive money for emergencies. Friends, that's a difficult question to answer, isn't it? And remember my condition a while ago? I would have just said, eh, and then fall down and die. I, could, I should have received a death certificate during that time rather than a U.S. visa. Friends, I would not be able to have come up with an answer. But you know what's amazing? Because when God is the one leading, even before he finished asking the question, the Lord gave me the answer. And the answer came like this. Sir, a while ago you were asking for a regular monthly income, but emergencies are not regular. <laughs> That's quite a smart answer, isn't it? And I'm not that smart. True story, friends. True story. And, and the fact that the moment those words came out of my mouth, I was, I was shocked. I had, I had an expression at the back of my mind like, Friends, this is what happens when you see God working in your life. 
You know for a fact that it's not because of your brilliant ideas. You know for a fact it's not because of what you have prepared. It will be so obvious that it is only because of the goodness of God. Amen? We have nothing to be proud of, friends, except we have an amazing God. So I could see the great controversy battle happening in front of me. So I told him, sir, from the very beginning, I wanted to be honest with you. I don't want to give you a salary range that I don't earn, and I don't want to give you a bank account that I don't have. Sir, I have been living by faith for the past two years, and I don't have a bank account. And then he looked at me, and he gave a very, very big sigh. And I said, hmm. Then tell me, how should I fill in this question? Monthly income. Friends, we're still in question number one. <laughs> and I told him, honestly speaking, sir, I don't know. I said, okay, monthly income. He typed in, monthly income, not applicable. <laughs> he typed in not applicable. He asked me more questions and a few more questions and he told me, congratulations, your application has been approved. I did not say amen, I said, what? <laughs> Friends, I tell you, I'm not joking. I came forward with so much doubt. I even told God, Lord, you will lose your money. It's better that we use this in other mission fields. I'm, I'm trying to advise God on how to manage his accounts. <laughs> Aren't we some, somehow like that? And it's not because that I have a brilliant answer that the Lord gave me that, that blessing. It's because that we have an amazing God. Friends, the moment, the moment I said those words like, what? And he said to me, your visa will be mailed to you in five working days. I got out of that embassy and I was crying. I called my sister and my sister was crying on the other end. And she said, it is really God's will for you to go to the U.S. Friends, before I stood up for the interview, I had this conviction in my heart. And I know it was the Holy Spirit. And the conviction came. When you get your visa approved, it's not because of what you have because you have nothing. It's not even because of who you are because you are a nobody. It will only be because of your God. Amen? Amen. Friends, when I got the visa, they gave me a 10-year multiple entry. <laughs> and I have been back and forth in the U.S. for more than 12 times. Isn't it amazing? We have an amazing God. Amen? Amazingly faithful God. So, I went, I went back home, and, and by the way, friends, I'd like, to, I'd like to read to you this thought, this beautiful thought from God's Amazing Grace, page 319, paragraph 3. It says here, men can accomplish nothing without God. How much can we accomplish? Nothing. Can you say it a little louder? Nothing. Can you say it with a heart this time? Nothing. You know why I made you repeat that again and again? It's... A nice coat. It's a beautiful coat, but we are really not convinced with that coat. Huh? We don't really fully believe that that coat has truth in it. Because you know why? If we are really convinced that without God we are nothing, the way we worship would, would be desperate. The way we cling to Him would be desperate. When we have prayer meetings, how many shows up? When we have a time to seek for the Lord's leading and the Lord's guidance, how many shows up? Friends, I tell you, if we take God at His word and realize that without Him we are nothing, it would be easy for us to somehow understand that with God we have everything. 
and you'll not seek anything in this world except Him. Amen? Amen. So, went back home. Oh, by the way, a friend of mine shared this, this thought with me. He said, Jem, you know what? You have a beautiful testimony, but there's one thing that I don't agree in that. And I asked him, what part? Which part? And he said, when you said that without God, we are nothing. I said, why? He said, because I lived my life apart from the Lord, away from the Lord for like 32 years. And I was still accomplishing things in life. I was top in our company. I, I put up this business. I did this. I did that. He's a self-made man. And I think to myself, wow, that's, that's, that's a difficult argument. And the Lord gave me the answer. And I told him, you know what, brother? The only reason why you are able to function like that is because of the goodness of God. Because if God fully removed his finger from you, you know what you'd look like? You'd be like Nebuchadnezzar. Remember Nebuchadnezzar? Who roamed around his kingdom for seven years acting like a beast. That's what happens when God re totally removes his finger from us. We are nothing. Amen? We have nothing to be proud about. So, the moment I went back home, my sister-in-law, who's Japanese, she asked me, So, Jem, when are you going to the U.S.? Friends, I had a visa approval on January 10. Amazing fact starts in the U.S. January 24. So, and I went back home a week after my approval. And I told her, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? Do you even have a ticket? I said, no, not yet. How are you going to go? And I said, it's the Lord's problem, not mine. I was saying those words, but my knees were shaking. And she said, oh, Jem, so how are you going to go? I said, it, I don't know. I said, you're crazy. That afternoon, I was in the conference office, and I received a long-distance call. And the call went like this. Jem, I saw in Facebook that you got your visa approved. When are you going to AFCO? And I said, I don't know. And then she said, what do you mean you don't know? Do you even have a ticket? I said, no, same answer. How are you going to go? It's the Lord's problem, not mine. And this time I was about to break down. And this person said, that's why the Lord has been bothering me. I'll pay for your fare. <laughs> Friends, January is the peak of travel in the Philippines. And I have to stay for more than four months, nearly six months. And when she gave me the ticket, when I saw my e-ticket, the ticket cost 2,700 US dollars. That ticket came even before I could ask. I was, too, I was too faithless to pray. I was too busy getting scared. But God is so good, God is so faithful that He gave me that ticket before I could even ask. Isn't it amazing? So one by one, friends, one person gave me gave me something, gave me a hundred dollars, one person gave me 500 pesos, one person gave me two boxes of Dove winter soap. I'm thinking, Lord, you're even concerned of my dry skin. And another person gave me a lip balm. I'm thinking, Lord, you're even concerned about these luscious lips. One thing that I learned, my dear friends, even before we could ask God, the Lord already foresaw our need. And because He is faithful, He provides it before we could even ask for it. Isn't it amazing? Before that thing happened, my sister asked me, before all those goodness came, my sister asked me, do you have pocket money for your travel? I said, mm-hmm. She did not ask how much. Can you guess how much money I have in my pocket? One dollar. You know what? 
you're almost right. I have less than a dollar. I have 50 pesos in my pocket. 50 pesos in my pocket, friends. And right now, $1 is equivalent to 53 pesos. And I even have $1. And, and I was just getting afraid. But God provided. God showed me that He is faithful. Amen. So I moved forward. Friends, the moment I reached Amazing Facts, the moment I reached AFCO, I had to pay for $125 before I could start the class. And I did not tell you that our tuition fee was 4,500 US dollars. So I only had like a little more than $200 left in my pocket. So when I paid that amount, the teacher somehow asked me, Jem, can I speak to you in my office? And I told him, okay, sir. When I sat down, he asked me this question. He was nice. Jem, I don't want to push you or pressure you or anything, but I just want to know, how are you going to pay for the remaining balance, the 4,375? And I told him, honestly speaking, sir, I don't know. I, the only thing that I know is God gave me the visa that I'm not supposed to have, and God gave me the ticket at the last minute, so for sure the Lord wants me to be here. So I don't know when and don't know how, but the Lord will pay for that amount. And he said, okay, fair enough. Then I have to give you the last due date for payment. That's three months from now. That's a month before a graduation. And then he told me this. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you that food is not included in tuition fee. And I'm thinking, oh Lord, I'm going to starve to death here. <laughs> and then I asked him, so sir, how much would I budget for food? And he asked me, is this a tight budget? And I looked him straight in the eye and said, very, very, very tight budget, sir. And then he told me a little history of Sacramento. So Jem Sacramento is the capital of California, and you're living in Rocklin. Rocklin is one of the most expensive places to live. So if you're not cooking, if you don't know how to cook, if you're eating all the time, eating out all the time, budget around 120 to 140 US dollars. And I asked him, per month, sir? He said, no, per week. Friends, I was thinking, how am I gonna survive? for four months when my budget is not even enough for a week. Friends, I was moving forward and my heart was pumping and I was about to break down and the Lord somehow reminded me again, who took care of your visa? Who gave you the ticket at the last minute? Who gave you Dove winter soap? <laughs> who gave you the lip balm? Friends, the problem with us is we often forget. We often forget the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. My dear friends, if there's something that's worth looking back on, that is the faithfulness of God. Can you say amen? amen. There is this beautiful quote from last day event which says, We have nothing to fear for the future, except, except we forget. Friends, most of the time we forget, most of the time we forget who brought us here. Most of the time we forget about the goodness of God. Listen to this powerful thought as well. Testimony Treasures, Volume 2, 204, Paragraph 4, it says, Review what God has done, and then know that it is only the beginning of what He is willing to do. Can you say amen? amen. Friends, we serve a faithful, a wonderful, a powerful God. So I went forward, and friends, the moment I did my first groceries, Costco, you know, Filipinos, we bring our calculator when we go shopping, and I try to convert everything, and I saw the price is just too much, and I was even, I was even tempted to kneel down the aisle and said, Lord, please rain down manna from heaven. 
And the Lord did. Every single time I needed something, the Lord came through. Friends will see me on Facebook. And they said, Jem, you are here. You're here in Sacramento. I'm just in Fresno. I'll drive next week. And next week they're there. And then they call me, Jem, let's go. Let's have dinner. Thank you, Lord. Free food. I go out with them. Have dinner. And then after dinner, they will take me to do grocery shopping. And I'll be bringing heavy grocery bags to my apartment. And my shoulders will, will ache. And I'm, I'm not complaining. And my friends will tell me, where did you get that? I said, from the Lord. <laughs> Which is true, amen? The Lord supplied each and every single need, my dear friends. He promised in Philippians 4, verse 19, and my God shall what? Supply some of your needs. Praise the Lord, you're listening. Will supply what? All of your needs. And why do we have to worry? As long as we are abiding in His will, amen? So, I move forward. And another beautiful thought from Ministry of Healing, it says here, Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Friends, if we have 500 ways, how many ways are there left for the Lord? It's easy math, isn't it? But that's wrong answer. Listen to the quotation. Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. If you have 500 ways, that's your ways. That's not the Lord's surprising ways. Isn't it amazing? Huh? And sometimes we don't trust Him that much. And when we don't get to know Him, we will overlook how faithful our God is. So I went forward, and friends, day by day, the Lord just showed me His amazing goodness. But He just gives enough. Enough that will get you through the day that the next day you have to be on your knees again. And my father taught me something. Jem, you have to know that what belongs to God is sacred. So I always set aside my tithes. But friends, when money is tight, the tithes, friends, becomes attractive sometimes, isn't it? I looked at the tithe and it's such a temptation to use it. And one time I was convicted. I said to the Lord, Lord, please change my heart. I don't want to covet what belongs to you. And the Lord changed my heart. The Lord reminded me, it's not just the 10% that belongs to me. It's the whole 100%. Can you say amen? amen? And I was convicted. What am I giving God is not enough. So I gave him another 10%, but this time from a different heart. This time with a joyful heart. And this is one thing that I discovered. God loveth a what? A cheerful giver. So the more I give to the Lord, the Lord gives back to me. The Lord does not want to lose in this contest. The more you, it's like shoveling to the Lord's side and the Lord shovels back to you. But I discovered that the Lord shovels fast, faster and He uses a bigger shovel. And my friend told me, Jem, the Lord is not using a shovel. I said, what does the Lord use then? He uses a tractor. Friends, the shovel would not win with a tractor. Amen? So, that keeps on going. And I remember one time, at the last month of our evangelistic, uh, of our training, there was an evangelistic series. And some of our invitees could not afford to go. So my friend, my evangelistic partner, he passed the hat to contribute to the gas money of these people. And I remember, I have a second type now. 
So I asked the pastor for, for guidance. Could I use my tithe for the gas money of those people who could not go? I said, of course, just don't use your primary tithe. So I gave and gave every week. My friends, I list down how much I've given and until I gave all the second tithe that I had. At the end of that, it amounted to $380. And I'm thinking, I'm the richest little Filipino here in this class. God is so good. When I look back, my dear friends, you know what? Remember how much money I had before I left the Philippines. I have $1. And now the Lord blessed so much. And I was giving away 380 US dollars. Friends, this is God's math for you. When you don't hold back from him, he will not hold back from you. Give what belongs to him. And give as what Brother Danny said a while ago. What was that word, Brother Danny? Over and above. Over and above. You could not be stingy with God, friends. You could not hold back what belongs to him. Amen? There are so many people who have not known the gospel and they need to know. Amen? So what happened was, this is one amazing thing with our God. It's so much blessing sometimes, we forget about Him. Sometimes the blessing takes our eyes off the blesser. What's amazing thing about our God, because He calls our attention. And He called my attention one particular night I was, I was in bed and I realized that I still had 2,000 plus dollars balance. You know why? Because, oh, I forgot to tell you that every week I will receive checks in the mail. $100 check, $200, $500 check, anonymous donor. And, and every time that happens, I will just give praises to God. But the Lord somehow stopped the blessing to somehow catch my attention. And that particular night that was two weeks past my due date my due date was two weeks ago and my friends have been paying their account and i was thinking lord my time will soon come up and i remembered before i before i have five six sleepless nights again i knelt down and prayed during that night and i said lord please help me out here and i was weeping before god i was crying before god i don't know how to pay this amount i don't know how to pay this debt and the Lord somehow convicted me, be still and know that I am God. The moment I was still before him, the Lord reminded me, who took care of you for the past three months and a half that you were here? Friends, I forgot again. So I told God, I'm sorry, sorry Lord, it was all you. So I surrendered that to him again, and the Lord gave me peace. And I had total peace when I slept. The next day, when I came into our classroom, the registrar was there. And she said, Jem, can I talk to you in my office? And I'm thinking, oh Lord, this is it. And that was the longest 30 steps of my life. When I went into her office, she sat me down and she told me, Jem, I think you know the reason why you're here. I said, mm-hmm. And I think you know that you're in trouble. And I said, Mm-hmm. Friends, I don't have the courage. I did not have the courage to look at her because I don't know what to say. And I was about to break down. And she lifted up a paper. And I saw numbers, so I just looked down. And I know it was my bill. So she said, Jem, I want to talk to you about this. And I was not looking at the bill. 
And she repeated it again. Jen, I want to talk to you about this. Still, I was looking down. So she, she stood up from her chair, came to me and said, Jen, I want to talk to you about this. She put it in front of me. And friends, what I saw was at the bottom right of that paper was this stamp fully paid. The moment I saw that, my whole body began to shake. The tears just flowed out that I never knew where they came from. And the moment that happened, friends, when she saw me crying, she just picked me up. She hugged me and now both of us were crying. I'm a very talkative person. I'm a prayer leader, but for the first time, I was speechless. I don't know what to pray for. And when I opened my mouth, all the, all the words that came out was just, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My dear friends, the moment I composed myself, she sat me down and she said, Jem, yesterday, before I closed the office, I received a phone call from somebody that knows you and asked for your entire balance and issued a whole amount of check for you. Friends, remember the previous night, during that day, what was I doing? I was busy crying to the Lord. I was busy complaining to the Lord. I was busy directing God what to do. But I did not even realize that He was already answering my prayer before I could even pray it. And there was this beautiful verse that says, It shall come to pass, Isaiah 65 verse 24, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they were yet speaking, I will hear. My dear friends, we miss out most of the time on the faithfulness of our God. It's because we don't pay attention to Him. We serve a beautiful God. We serve an amazing God. And what I just told you, there's more that He wants to give. It's not just finances. He wants to give us the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. My dear friends, the Lord wants us to live abundantly, not for ourselves, but for the glory of his name. Stop living life only for you. There's so much more to life than this. There's so much more to life than this. And I begin to realize, oh Lord, if there's only one regret that I have now as a missionary, as journeying as a missionary. And when I look back, I was, I'm always thinking, why did I not give my life to you sooner? I would have more adventures with you. But you know what's the Lord's conviction? It's never too late. That's why you have now. That's why you have now. Friends, before I end, I'd like to open to you an invitation at this very hour. Because I know that God has been speaking to you, not just today, but even I think when, when this new year started, even I think before the new year ended, God has been speaking to each one of us. If we desire to live our lives fully for the glory of Him. I would want you to come forward and say, Lord, this 2019, 
this is for you. Enough about me, this is for you. Praise the Lord, brother. Friends, there's nothing worth losing heaven for. We tried to live our lives only for us. And look where it got us. Friends, the Lord wants to show more. The Lord wants to show, show you real life. Life abundantly above and beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. I could not imagine what God will do for a church that's fully lived for the glory of God. Friends, this is no time to hold back. This is no time to linger around. This is the time to live for the glory of His name. And I tell you, friends, even if the Lord will not come 10 years from now, you'll never regret the decision for giving everything to Him every single day of your life. I'm not time-setting, but I don't think that we have 10 years more. We don't have 10 years more. As I lead out in prayer ministry, as I go around the world, I have sensed something that I have not seen three years ago, four years ago. Friends, there's just a thirst right now to get right with God. There is just so much thirst right now for revival. And friends, I know that this is only because of the grace of God that He is waking up each and every person here right now. So friends, as we live the remaining months, the remaining weeks of this 2019, may each and every day would be for the glory of His name.